Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. I thought this was about to be a very sad commentary tonight. I thought the Nets were about to lose to a Knicks team without Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Kemba Walker, and probably some other guys. But they were able to erase a 21-point deficit at the Garden. They brought it back towards the end of the third quarter. And thank God they won a game that they didn't have to win, but like, Obviously, these are big games. There's two games left in the regular season. You're fighting for a playoff position with a few other teams. This was close to a must-win game. So the Nets got it done. 110-98 to victory. Luckily, I'll be in a good mood now, but that was a very stressful game that probably didn't have to be stressful. Anyway, we'll talk about it. Leave a like always helps out, and let's get into it. So yeah, this game was frustrating for a while, up until the final three minutes of the third quarter and things started to turn around, but I had my concerns come into this game. I, I listed the Knicks players that were out, but like this was a Nets team that on the second half of back-to-backs were 2-11 and coming into this game. I believe the broadcast said 2-11. and It wasn't good regardless of what it was. And the Knicks just happened to always play the Nets very tough. Like the Nets... They said during the broadcast have won their last six, now seven, versus the Knicks. But in those six wins, they won by a combined 21 points, I believe it was. So, like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, they're winning these games, but by this much, like, barely. So, the Knicks always play us tough. It doesn't matter who's out there, whether it was Randall or whether it's this Jericho Sims guy. It doesn't matter. The Knicks are always going to play us tough, and I give that team credit for still battling, even though they're missing some key pieces. Yes, they had Barrett, Fournier, guys like that. But they competed, and they had a pretty nice lead over us in the third quarter to the point where I was very concerned about losing this game at multiple points. And I really thought I was going to come on here and be all depressed about losing this important game. But luckily, they pulled it out. So to no one's surprise, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving played the entire second half. And, you know, both guys had slow starts for the most part. Durant wasn't taking too many shots in the first half. I remember Kyrie started out 7 for 20 from the field, but Kyrie ends at 9 for 26. So that's not great. 3 for 12 from downtown, not really your average Kyrie game. He added 8 rebounds and 7 assists. You'll take that. Kevin Durant was 11 of 22, which is nice, but only 2 of 10 from downtown. So Durant hit a big 3 later in this game. I think a couple of them, but still, it was a rough shooting game from downtown for both Durant and Kyrie. And Kevin Durant did have a triple-double. 10 rebounds, 11 assists, 4 turnovers, which I don't remember any terrible KD turnovers tonight. I mean, he had that one stupid pass to Patty Mills that went between his legs in the corner, but outside of that, not too many really bad Kevin Kevin Durant turnovers, got Seth Curry bad tonight, 5 of 10, he hit the first couple shots for the Nets, he was looking good, 3 of 7 from downtown, he had a big 3 in this game to make it a 107-97 game late in the 4th quarter, and Seth Curry, I mean, not to put too much pressure on the guy, but he he makes this team go, like, when Seth Curry's out there offensively, the Nets have just, they add such a different element, and like, if you have a shooter like that, who I think is top five all time in shooting percentage from downtown. Like Seth Curry helps this offense so much. It's great to have him. Bruce Brown, it wasn't the greatest statistical game, but he was a plus 12, two of six. He missed a couple easy layups, which I didn't really like, but I feel like he played good defense for the most part. He had a couple foul calls against him that were garbage. They challenged that one foul call when RJ Barrett went for the lefty tomahawk and it slipped out of his hand. They said they got him on the hip. I was like, all right, kind of a soft call, but it was tough to overturn that. Andre Drummond had a pretty bad night. I remember Drummond had a key steal at one point in this game, but just overall, Drummond had a rough night, especially with Jericho Sims, who just outplayed the hell out of him. 
Nick Claxton, though, he was, you know, the backup center coming into this game, but played five more minutes than Drummond, but he played very well. The fouls were the issue for Nick Claxton. He had an illegal screen, had a couple bad fouls on defense, so he had five fouls in this game sometime in the early fourth quarter. And they had to bring Bruce Brown in for him, put Katie at the five. So I'm sure Steve Nash did not want to do that, but they kind of forced his hand. But Nick Claxton, when he was in there, was a big contributor to when the Nets run started at the end of the third quarter. So Nick Claxton played a pivotal role. His defense on the perimeter definitely helped as well. You had Kessler Edwards, who continues to play well. I really hope the you know, NBA lets him play in the playoffs. I don't, I don't think right now Kessler's eligible to play in the playoffs because he's on a two-way contract. I hope they're able to sort that out in time. But Kessler played 18 minutes, 3 of 7, 1 of 4 from downtown. His defense showed up, though. That defensive intensity from him and Claxton, who, by the way, those two were the first guys off the bench tonight. I love seeing that from Steve Nash, Claxton, and Kessler. I did like seeing that. But Kessler's defense definitely added a different element to the Nets' defense. Now, LaMarcus Aldridge was garbage. He played six minutes and was a minus 16. He looks washed, I have to be honest. I mean, LaMarcus has been a pretty good net for the most part, had some very good moments the first part of the year. But since coming back from that hip injury, he took a whole month off, played a couple games ago, I think. The last game we had, who, who the hell did he play? Oh, the Rockets, yeah. So I think he came back for that game, and he was not even that good in that game either. And we know the Rockets don't have much of a defense, so that was a bit concerning. But yeah, Aldridge was not good whatsoever. He just, I don't know if he's still kind of hampered from the injury, but he looked terrible. Patty Mills, that's the guy I want to talk about. Patty Mills, baby, 5 of 7 from downtown, 5 of 7 overall. He needed a game like this so freaking badly, and I'm so happy for him. And, you know, this was like the Patty Mills we saw the first three months of the year where he was like making all of his shots consistently and was not hurting this team. He played 24 minutes tonight and was a plus 21. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks game, Patty Mills was dreadful. A few games before that, he was dreadful. Like, Patty Mills had such a rough couple weeks. We went over his stats in the last Nets reaction. He was like 4 of 25 from his last 25 three-point attempts. But tonight, he got it right. So, Patty Mills had a big night. He had a very big shot in this game to put them up 10. The shot clock was winding down. Obi topping in his face. He was going to his right. Puts up this crazy-ass shot. Nothing but net. Pretty much ices the game. Kyrie waves goodbye to the uh, MSG crowd. It was a great moment right there for Patty Mills, who needed a game like this desperately, and I hope his confidence continues to stay up because, honestly, with Joe Harris gone, if they had Joe Harris and Seth Curry healthy, you wouldn't need Patty Mills as much, but with Joe Harris gone, you need something from Patty Mills. I'm not saying Patty Mills has to carry this team, absolutely not, but Patty Mills can't be a complete bum when the playoffs start. Patty Mills has to contribute something to this team and games like this will definitely help for sure. Cam Thomas had a rough five minutes. They played him in the first half, did not go well. It was just not a Cam Thomas game tonight. That's pretty much the best way I can put it. He was 0 for 1, a minus 9. Nobody else played. You know, Blake Griffin, coach's decision. But yeah, I mean, this game, for the most part, was decided by the Knicks' lack of making free throws. And we're going to take a look at that right now, the free throw discrepancy in this game. The Knicks shot 58% from the line, 21 of 36. So 15 missed free throws in what was a very tight game. Now, the Nets held the Knicks 
to 31 points in the second half. I mean, that's unbelievable. So the Nets outscored them in the third, 22 to 15. And in the fourth quarter, the Nets outscored the Knicks 38 to 16. It was like in the blink of an eye. It went from like a 16-point game late in the third to a four-point game with like 10 minutes left in the fourth. The Nets just turned it on offensively and defensively, but especially offensively. Kyrie made that transition, um, pull-up three from the right wing. That made it a four-point game. And at that point, I kind of felt safe. I'm like, all right, we're going to win this game, right? And then, of course, the Knicks went back and forth. The Knicks took about a three-, four-point lead, but the Nets got it back. Um, I felt like Steve Nash had a great second half for the most part. The timeouts were very timely, no pun intended. But the challenge, I mean... I guess at that point with like five minutes and 40 seconds left, I mean, you might as well use the challenge at that point, but he did lose it. But putting the right lineup on the floor, going small, you know, having that lineup of Claxton, Patty Mills, Kyrie, KD, and Kessler Edwards, that lineup worked. That got them on a 24-4 to run, bridging from the third quarter to the fourth quarter. So that was big by Steve Nash. I give him credit for that one. Um, Patty Mills also made a very key play in this game that I think will be forgotten by most people. But if you watched the game, you probably know what I'm talking about. Patty Mills had a key steal slash strip on a play where Jericho Sims got an offensive rebound probably for the fifth time that game. But he was great. But he got an offensive rebound and Patty Mills swiped down on the ball and got the steal. And that definitely was a big play because it led to a Kevin Durant two-pointer to give the Nets a 96-94 lead that led to a next timeout, kind of changed the momentum in the game. So Patty Mills, not just a good offensive game, but Patty Mills actually wasn't that bad defensively. He had some pretty unfortunate switches onto RJ Barrett and guys like that, but it actually like didn't go that badly. So Patty Mills like was not a liability defensively tonight. He has been for a lot of the season, but just for some reason tonight, Patty Mills had everything working. So it was just the perfect time to have a great game. The Nets needed it because if they don't get that performance from Patty Mills, I don't know if they come back because Patty Mills, even in the early fourth quarter, made, a, I think, two threes to really help ignite the comeback. And then, of course, there was that awesome play where Kyrie gets the steal on Burks. Kyrie drives down the lane, goes over um, quickly, and then leaves it for Kevin Durant, who tomahawks it. And, you know, Katie's screaming to the crowd, and Knicks call a timeout. The whole momentum change in that game. But. It was crazy. It was great to see that, but um, I will say I was sitting there like biting my nails and I was just pissed off the first two and a half quarters of this game, but just luckily they were able to just finally turn it on and get this win. A lot of people on Twitter, um, I wanted to do this, but like a lot of people were just saying the Nets were like, you know, heartless, spineless, a bunch of losers. Steve Nash needs to get fired. And look, I mean, it, it was looking like it. I'm not going to lie. Like, to not show up in a game like this where you know how crucial every game is from here on out. There's freaking three games left in the regular season if you include tonight. Um, they needed to show up tonight. They they were down 15, I think, 17 at half. It was 67-50, I believe. So to be down that much to a Knicks team without, like, three of their five best players, I mean, it was, it was disgraceful. So they it, it took them a while to finally get things going. But once they did... They looked like the Nets we know and love, and it took a long time to get there, but it's at the end of the day, the thing that matters most is that they got the win. It was ugly, and I still have a lot of concerns about this team. I don't think they're still, I don't think they're a legitimate contender right now. There's a lot they have to iron out and fix here, but to get this win, 
and focus on just tonight, they got the job done. But going forward, things have to get a lot better, I must say. All right, so the good news, of course, is that the Nets won tonight, and now they control their own destiny to get the seventh seed because if they beat the Cavaliers on, I think, Friday the game is, and then beat the Pacers on Sunday, they're the seventh seed. They're good because right now we are a game back of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And of course, if they play them, they gain a full game. They would be tied record-wise. The Nets would hold the tiebreaker. They would have a 2-1 advantage head-to-head -head in this regular season. So the Nets would then own the seventh seed. Then, of course, you have to beat a tanking Pacers team on Sunday, which I really hope they would do. Um, it's funny. I think the Nets in 2015, the year where it was Darren's last year, Darren Williams, had, they had to beat the Pacers to make the playoffs that year, I think. It was funny. It was the last game of the regular season, so kind of deja vu. But anyway, so... That's the good news. The bad news is that the Hawks won tonight. They beat the pay, or they beat the um, the Wizards by a lot. So the Hawks uh, standings wise are right behind this record wise. We're both forty two and thirty eight. But the Nets do hold the tiebreaker, even though they lost on uh, Saturday. The Nets still hold the tiebreaker with the Hawks. That's the good news. So you have that going for you. The Hawks have two games left this year. They play the Miami Heat on the road Friday. I don't know if the Heat are playing their starters or not. We'll see about that. But if they do, that will be a tough game for the Hawks, of course. Then they play the Rockets, of course, on Sunday. Can't say much because we just played them. The Hornets, who are now a game and a half behind us because they have three games left, they are home versus Orlando. They're at Chicago and home versus Washington. And I can legitimately see them going 3-0 in that stretch. That is a pretty easy group of teams right Right there, especially if Zach Levine's out. Of course, Lonzo Ball's out for uh, Chicago. So, yeah, the Hornets are going to be in a pretty good spot um, schedule-wise to close out this season. Now, looking at the Cavaliers' schedule, the Cavs get, of course, the Brooklyn Nets. They'll be on the road at Brooklyn Friday, 7.30 game, big game. I actually kind of want to go to that. We'll see about that. But anyway, they close out their season on at home versus the Milwaukee Bucks. And at that point, Milwaukee may be cemented into their spot in the standings. Do they rest Giannis and Middleton and Lopez and all those guys? We'll see about that. But if they, if they play a full-strength Bucks team, that could be two straight losses for Cleveland. But for the Nets, it doesn't matter. They control their own destiny. The Nets just have to beat the Cavs, which they have not been playing well recently. They still have Jared Allen injured. I forget if Evan Mobley's still out. He might have returned recently. I think he might still be out, though. We'll see about that come Friday. But they got to beat the Cavs at home, which they should be favored in that game. Then, of course, beat the tanking Pacers. So if the Nets just finish out 2-0... We're good. Seven seed, two chances to win one freaking game and get yourself in a best of seven playoff series. And I actually want to talk about which teams I want to play. So right now, if the season ended and the Nets were in the eight seed, they would face the Miami Heat. And honestly, I know the Heat have the best record and all that. I would not mind playing Miami. I don't think they're that great. I fear the Bucks and Celtics way more than I do the Miami Heat. But realistically, if the Nets, let's say the Nets do get the seven seed, which I guess is kind of likely at this point. If the Nets were to get the seven seed, they would probably either face the Celtics, Bucks, or Sixers. So the way I would rank those three is I would much rather play the Sixers. They are in the tier of their own right now. The Sixers, I kind of respect because of Joel Embiid on his own. He's great. But the rest of that team, I mean, Maxi scares me too, but the rest of that team I really don't care about. I mean, I know like it's it's kind of an anti-James Harden podcast because of, you know, being a Nets fan and all that. But James Harden has not been the same guy recently since going to the Sixers. Then you have the Bucks and the Celtics. So for teams I want to play, Sixers first by a lot. 
Two, I'm putting Boston because they're going to be without Robert Williams, I believe, in the first round. And without that defensive anchor in the middle, that's going to help the Nets out a lot. So it's going to create driving lanes for Kyrie Irving and guys like that. Bruce Brown should have success. Hopefully Nick Claxton, Andre Drummond as well. You know, have him on Daniel Tice and guys like that. It's a lot easier, of course. So the Celtics with that injury included, I will put them number two for preference of who we play. And then, of course, our nemesis the Milwaukee Bucks is last for me I do not want to play the Milwaukee Bucks I don't want to play the Raptors if it happens because of course Toronto or uh, Kyrie can't play in Toronto with the vaccine rule we saw Matisse Thibel not play in Toronto because of that rule um, I think they play either tonight or tomorrow but Thibel can't play either so these unvaccinated guys cannot play in Toronto which is bad news for us of course but yeah Milwaukee I want to avoid but if we were to get the Sixers, I would love that matchup. If we were to get the Celtics, I think that would be a six or seven game series. Very tough, but I do think the Nets can win that one. And if we get the Bucks, I mean, you're talking about like a another seven game bloodbath, probably depressing Nets loss type thing. So I just hope we could avoid Milwaukee for at least the first round and try to let some other team take care of them. But yeah, that's that's my preference of who we could play. Um, of course, the play-in tournament matters the most right now. You got to take care of business. But if the Nets do get the seven seed and play the injured Cleveland Cavaliers, um, I feel pretty good about that matchup. Now the Nets are so inconsistent, and it scares me. They can lose on any given night. They almost lost tonight to a Knicks team that had a lot of their good players out. Um, you know, the the Rockets kind of made it close uh, yesterday. They cut it to like a seven-point game in the fourth quarter. So like, you never know with this Nets team, but. They should be able to win at least one out of two games versus these play-in tournament teams. I would hope that's the case. So if they can get the seven seed, I think that's fine. But realistically, I think the eight seed's better because I do. I would rather play Miami than these other teams. I would rather play the Sixers than Miami. I will say that. But when it comes to the Bucks, Celtics, Heats, give me the Heat for sure. But you just want to get in the playoff spot. You're not going to tank a playing game, obviously. So you just want to get a playing spot, get the seven seed, and get yourself in a best of seven and hope for, for healthy bodies. Because, you know, I'm not expecting Ben Simmons back. If this team is lucky enough to make it to round two, maybe we see Ben Simmons take over James Johnson's role, which is good enough for me. But you got to make sure Seth Curry's healthy, you know, his ankle, of course. You got to make sure Groan Dragic is okay because he's still in Atlanta battling COVID. Apparently, he's doing better, but he's still not back yet. We'll see if he's even back on Friday. I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, there's some tough things with health with this team, but, you know, there's like a stomach bug thing going around. James Johnson's been out the past two games, which, of course, has not really affected this team at all. So, um, you know, hopefully James Johnson's okay. But yeah, at the same time, I do not miss watching him play for the Nets. That's for sure. So anyway, um, yeah, tonight was great. It, it was very frustrating for a while, but I'm just happy they got the win. We needed it. And right now, if they just went out against two teams that are struggling, especially the Pacers who are struggling mightily, the Nets will be in the seventh seed. And I'll feel very good as compared to what I felt like on Saturday, because on Saturday, it really felt like we were going to be a nine or 10 seed and had to win two straight games to get in. Now, based on how last night went with the three teams needing to lose lost, which of course was a great night for the Nets and the Nets winning themselves versus the Rockets. We're in a good spot, so we just got to win two games, and, and we're good. Like That's pretty much it. Right now, Durant and Kyrie are healthy. That's fine. Seth Curry looked pretty good tonight. You can tell he's a bit hampered out there, but he played well. Got Bruce Brown back from the uh, illness the other night, so we're looking all right, and hopefully they can close out the season okay, and 
hopefully not crap the bed against a uh, you know Cavaliers team and, and the Pacers on Sunday, which would be even worse. So yeah. We'll see what happens there, but it looks like right now, at least, on this night of April 6th, the seven seed's very possible for the Brooklyn Nets, which is something to be excited about. So we'll see what happens there. I think I will talk to you guys. Should I wait till after Sunday or just do it Friday? Because Friday is such a big game. I don't know. I don't know. If I'm, I might make it Friday or Sunday. It's one of those days for sure. I don't know. if It depends how the Cavaliers game goes, honestly. So we'll see. I'll talk to you guys soon, though. Season's coming to an end. It's been a terrible season, but hopefully the Nets can salvage it, get Ben Simmons back, and, and hope for the best. But just got to win the playing tournament and get yourself in a seven-game series and take it from there. Anyway, that's going to do it. It was a good night. Hopefully I come back to you guys with better news after the Cavs game, after the Pacers game. And hopefully we get to avoid the Bucks. That would be nice as well. And I will talk to you guys next time.